Back with another episode. Don't leave to judges podcast. I'm here with Patty Broke a Skull. Patty, you already know who it is. We're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck ever. What what difference does it make? You know? Why do we got to bring that up? What I want to share here because we've we've talked about it to to the actual fans of this podcast, like Sam's brother, and then that other guy you play that game with. Squanchy. There you go. I'll never remember that. But <laughs> if you've listened to this entirety of this show since it started, or you listen to any episode all the way through, I tend to promote my YouTube channel uh, where I just talk about comedians and just dumb shit. And uh, I recently posted a clip. Sam knows about this. It's called Great Job Awesome. You can subscribe. I'm specifically talking to Sam's brother. Don't know why you haven't already. But um, here on Great Job Awesome, I posted a clip of none other than Dana White. Okay? Because Dana White... Much like a lot of these fighters and people involved in the MMA world, they're doing podcasts now. Whether it's their own podcast or simply being a guest on somebody else's podcast, by God, they think they're entertaining. And uh, here's one of those things. This is Dana White on Theo Vaughn's podcast as of, what, three, four days ago? I posted this clip. We'll play it here. It was much people by their politics or their race or their religions or any of that shit. There's, uh, you're either a douchebag or you're not a douchebag. Yeah. And, and if you're a douchebag, <laughs> I want nothing to do with you. Yeah. If you're a good person, I don't care who you vote for, or what, who you sleep with, or what religion you are. I don't care about any of that shit. That's simple, folks. It is that simple. And yet, six and a half thousand views later, I, 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 this is viral to me. Okay? I don't know what viral actually means. It's more than, uh, I would say, my average amount of views. So I'll take it. But what is Dana actually talking about here? That's what we all want to know. That's the real question. You know, is it Brendan Schaub? Because I think we can all agree, if, if there's one person that Dana's met in his life that he knows for sure is 100% the definition of a douchebag, it's probably Brendan Schaub, if I was to guess. If I, or CM Punk, you know what I mean? But Brendan Schaub is still out there doing whatever he's doing, mentioning his name. So I would assume that's the douchebag. But a lot of people have, have checked out this clip. Uh, Sam's checked it out. It's just... It's funny the way that the internet works, no matter who you talk about. But if you bring up Brendan Schaub and you say something like, he wasn't a top 10 heavyweight, <laughs> you, you, get, you get everybody excited. So guys, if you're out there using YouTube or Twitter or any of these social medias and somebody talks about Brendan Schaub's MMA career and you know better, let them know. Let them know because I promise you, you're going to get a lot of responses. And sometimes it's by the people that have used YouTube or Twitter one time. A guy who used to wrestle for, <laughs> he used to train Olympic wrestlers or some shit. He's like, actually, Brendan Schaub is a guy. No, I'm not going to listen. I just, I post that shit and I ghost. That's really the only thing that I post and ghost. I'm going to post and ghost of Brendan Schaub not being a top 10. And then I'm out of there because it's going to blow the fuck up. But anyways, uh, uh, Sam, there was other fights this weekend. Yeah, I was going to do some guessing, man. So after you played that clip just now, just hit me. I think Dana White just might be uh, projecting in that clip. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you see me walk out with Trump. It hey, doesn't matter who you vote for. It doesn't matter who hey, you hey. fuck. I fuck a lot of bitches. Can I, it, can, I t can I tell you this? I'm a good guy. What? Who they're actually talking about right before I clipped it? Uh -huh. Tucker Carlson. Oh, <laughs> So it was kind of perfect. It was kind of perfect. I didn't watch the video, but I did see a, a clip of him talking about doctors. Uh, Dana White was talking about doctors, and he was like, yeah, if I need surgery, 
I'll go see a doctor if I need something like that done. But uh, anything, if I want to talk my general health, no doctors, they just put you on whatever medicine they, until they figure the problem out. They just stick you on medicine and pills. That's it. Yeah, anything. They're just guessing. Any- which, you know, Zombify you. Hey, doctor is practicing. Well, Sam, what I wanted to bring up at the start of this, outside of that clip, because hilarious, um, Game Bread MMA or whatever the fuck it's called, I watched the whole event, like four hours, five, four hour, four hours and five minutes, give or take, and so many guys. So I don't even know how to explain this. I don't know how involved Jorge Masvidal is. In he's kind of to me the Logan Paul of Prime when it comes to game bread, where it's like, it's just his face. His name is involved. He doesn't pick the fights. He doesn't uh, put together the promoting or anything like that. There's some other guy named David, I'm sure, or Daniel or something like this. Who's, who's the head. I can't, it's, it's a D name. I don't know his name, but fighters will talk about him after they win a fight. They'll be like, Hey, Daniel's got a game. <laughs> Fucking whatever. Give me the next fight. I want the belt, blah, blah, blah. But I watched this whole event because buddy bare knuckles fun. It's such a fun fucking way to fight. I love it, okay? But this one was so good because it featured so many UFC fighters. All right, Brandon Davis being one of them. This is this is not his first time being in this bare knuckle thing. He's already done it before. Uh, he fought Joseph Penafile, Penafiel, something like this. I don't know if this guy has a UFC record or career at all, but he was allegedly supposed to be like this zombie guy, this guy that walks forward and, uh, you know, you can... Punch him in the face and he's not going to go down. That's sort of not what happens. Not a big deal of a fight. Not something I necessarily wanted to talk about other than Brandon Davis being a former UFC fighter coming in, winning by decision. But then the next fight was none other than Chase Sherman, <laughs> one of Sam's favorite fighters. And, and he was fighting this guy named Carl. Uh, good luck, dude. Not even going to attempt it. Samanutafa? Samanutafa. Sure. Uh, he beat this guy in two minutes and 34 seconds in the first round. But check this out. These were the fights that actually worked. The first, like, three fights, Sam, ended via injury. Like, in the first round. Something happened. Dude dude got caught, like, a punch that split him open so bad or swelled him up. Uh, This dude's ankle got twisted. It was fucking crazy. I'm like, even the commentators, and I hate the commentators. I'll tell you who they are in a second. But... They're saying this shit like fucking back. To, this is this is as real as it gets type of shit. This this these fights are so brutal. The most violent entertainment in the world. All this shit. I'm like injury, injury, injury. Uh, and then Chase Sherman and the UFC guys come in and do work. Uh, the co-main event, I believe, we'll call it, was none other than Randy Costa versus Jason Knight. Huh. Yeah, exactly. Picture it in your head. You're like, that's not fucking bad. That's pretty interesting. I want. I wouldn't mind seeing this. Costa beat the living shit out of Jason Knight. <laughs> I mean, he fucked that boy up, dude. <laughs> he beat up like Jason Knight was on the ground holding his face, bro. Damn. He, dude, he split his lip right here hmm. in the middle, Robbie Lawler style. Huh. You could see through. He, bro, he caught. He caught. Uh, and here's the thing, before because they do like this press conference thing hmm. before before the fight, Randy was saying how he's never been in an actual fight. He's only ever fought in professional. And I'm like, oh, great. Good luck. Uh, and then he goes in there and he, he molly wops this dude. He beat up Jason Knight. Jason didn't do nothing. He had caught him. Uh, he caught Randy backing away once after he took all this damage with like a left hook. He sort of wobbled him. But that was it. Randy just dominated him. 
he, he what it was was like three three head kicks back to back. As soon as he came out, bang! He even blocked the head kick, but it moved so, his so whole body. Kickboxing, you know what I mean? you're like, or? good luck, dude. Huh? Is it kickboxing? It's MMA. Okay, well, I thought it's it was everything. like bare knuckle. I thought you said bare knuckle. My mistake. It is bare knuckle. So it's bare knuckle MMA. MMA, yes. Holy shit. Submissions, everything, knees, everything, bro. It's wild as fuck. So you gotta have, you gotta have these dudes with like metal in their hands to be able to throw these punches. And Randy Costa saying he's never been in a street fight. What the fuck you been doing, bro? <laughs> Punching brick walls. That head kick was nasty, but here's the crazy thing. I'll tell you, Chase Sherman, I wouldn't, yeah. I mean, like if he was in bare knuckle without, you know, having to worry about a takedown, I think he'd sure. have a lot of success or maybe well, not he, a lot, but he'd have some success. He's a Mississippi guy. I heard him talk for the first time. Uh, doesn't sound like his face looks. He's kind of scarier when he speaks. You know what I mean? Like he has a, gruff, a gruff voice, Southern style. You know what I mean? I like watching him because you know someone's going to get knocked out. Most of the time, it's him. But he's it's always be in great shape, though. For a heavyweight, he's a guy that stays in great shape. He's always he, he's not going to be able to drop down to the 185, mix it up at 170. He's a standard 205er, 225er. And when you see him in a in a sport like this, you're like, well, if Chase can do his thing, he'll be fine. Because the motherfucker can take anybody's punches. We've already seen that. You know, he's he's been devastated, sure, been knocked out, but he still he takes a lot before that happens. It's not a one shot Chase Sherman goes to sleep. It's fucking you beat his ass up. But uh the main event, dude, history was made because forty seven year old big country Nelson. Oh, okay. Was Shit. Fighting again, of course. Still in the same shape he's been in, is which I find to be weird. How do you train? You know what I mean? Like Dawkins lost all that weight, right? Roy Nelson. 27 years into the game, same body type. So he's fighting Alan Belcher. And I don't know if you've paid attention to Alan Belcher over the last few years. He's a heavyweight now. And in the best way. In the like, best way. <laughs> yeah, like he's fucking huge. He's jacked as shit, dude. He's a big boy. And last I remember is Alan Belcher. He was always nasty. Always a fun guy to watch fight. You know, uh, was he a 170, 185-er? I knew I know he fought somewhere near GSP at a certain point. Yeah, 185, but I, you know. I yeah, know. if I had to guess, I think it was one of the two. It was right there. So now he's a he's a full-blown heavyweight, just jack, dude. Big beard, fucking bald head, scary ass looking dude. And he's so sweet though. Just a sweet guy. Talks the nicest about big country, like talks nice, talks so nice about the fight. And then he goes in there and Roy Nelson does what Roy Nelson does. He lays on him. Gets, he gets him down within the first round. He's the master of this cru that crucifix position. And you can't get off. You cannot get him off you. Which to me, if I was a fat kid in school today, I'd show people Roy Nelson and be like, "Say that shit about me sitting on you again. <laughs> say that. Say that joke again. See how funny it is. Because that really is a fight style. You fuck. <laughs> I will lay this big ass belly across your chin and just elbow your eyes into the back of your head. <laughs> you, because it was always such a. You know, when I was a kid, that's what they. they what are you gonna sit on me? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> like, dude, there's a I don't know if you know this, Sam, but there was a serial killer who killed a couple of different people where he would tie them up and jump on their back. No, don't know anything about that guy. And no, I know not a lot good. About don't don't yeah, yeah, don't dive into it. I promise it's not <laughs> worth it. Uh, but yeah, gruesome as shit. Alan Belcher versus Roy Nelson. Roy Nelson does his thing. Somehow Alan Belcher pulls out the victory <laughs> by decision. I don't know how. Yeah. Well, Sam, Nelson's pretty old. I'll say that. Well, Watch this fight, though, and you tell me at any point do you see Allen winning? Huh. 
He connected with some decent shots when they were they would stand for a few seconds. But outside of that, he even tried to say that his elbows from the bottom is why he thinks he won. I'm like, buddy, okay. I mean, this game, okay, fuck all the fights. The, the fights are fine. What I don't like, and I've said this before. Commentator. Yeah. And it's specifically this fucking Robin Black guy. Google him right now. The dude looks like a magician, like I told you before. Yeah, yeah, we had this discussion. But he talks the whole time. There's never any, like, there's no space. And he, he has this old lady voice. Hey, King Mo, how do you feel about this? Like, he sounds very much like a character from King of the Hill. But he doesn't have Kayla Harris next to him. Kayla Harrison, whatever her name is. Or uh, Chito Vera. This time it was King Mo and some other guy. Hey, King Mo's got to get a gig somehow. I can tell you this, though. I liked King Mo on the mic. He knows what the fuck he's talking about. Even though he's like a uh, heavily into the wrestling, he doesn't talk like Daniel Cormier. He's very versed. He knows the stand-up game. He knows the fight game very well. He knows the fighters well. And I liked him. I actually left a comment on their YouTube channel. I was like, get rid of Robin Black and bring in Brendan Shaw. Get that motherfucker commentating, dude. You want your shit to blow up? <laughs> Gotta watch what I'm telling you, for. Sam, we could start a fight league tomorrow If we get Brandon Schaub as a commentator We're crushing everybody else that's putting fucking fights on YouTube I promise <laughs> they're, they're gonna forget about Jake Paul You have that dude commentating fights as they're happening I'm talking millions of you, Sam Millions Brandon Schaub, new commentator of fucking whatever Don't leave it to the judges MMA <laughs> No judges MMA Yeah, we, we'll have no gloves judges. and all that shit We just don't have judges You fight till somebody quits Brendan has to commentate fucking 45-minute-long match. <laughs> hey, our, our event is 15 hours. <laughs> no, not that. Bro, that, it would steal the show. If, they, if the UFC was smart to any degree and they were, were really trying to capitalize on this internet thing, they would have captured not just Logan Paul and KSI. They would have went to Brendan's shop and been like, you're Megan Olivia now. Get the fuck out here. <laughs> have him talking about fighters and two fighters. Ugh, could you imagine? Fighters just looking at him like... I speak English and I don't even want to respond. They're probably calling him out after the fight. <laughs> I'm waiting for Who someone do to do that next? to DC. You didn't they? Curtis, uh, Chris Curtis, I think I feel like might have said something to DC, like you and me next guy. Somebody tweeted uh, the future champions of the UFC, who's all going to have the belts, and it is insane. The only two people they have keeping the belts is Volkanovski and O'Malley. Now, why didn't they put? Roy Nelson versus Chase Sherman. That's a fight I wouldn't mind seeing. But oh, Alan, then again, Alan, Roy Nelson would just take him down pretty well, easily. Well, Alan's probably. a champ, dude. He's a champ in uh, Bare Knuckle, BKFC. He's the heavyweight champ. So I don't know if BKFC has this like a contract thing where they can fight in other organizations where the UFC doesn't. So he went over and got this contract from Gamebred, and his goal is to fight JDS next. Because apparently Junior Dos Santos is somebody you call out Still today, I don't fucking what. <laughs> it's just so odd. It is odd. Let, let's talk about this card, man. All right, these fights that just went down. Oh man! So Jamal Emmers, big right hand, did some hammer fist. Forty nine seconds over Dennis. I'm gonna call him Bazooka. He didn't. He needed a bazooka. Didn't have one. He needed something. Yeah. <laughs> Jamal Emmers is a, is a tough cat. This is a, this is a guy that might be in a gatekeeper position for the lower, <clears throat> the lower tier of the featherweight division, where it's like if you can't get past him, you're not going to get to fight the ranked guy. That's just what it is. Dude. I mean, I know He's Jamal Emmers was explosive, but yeah. I just didn't feel like we've seen it lately. 
maybe I'm, I'm I can only I can only attest that to maybe when you're was, in a position like he was where he could have been pushed and you lose the fight your spirit you know it's a loopy Godinez type of thing we see it's a, very similar you know where it's like this guy was you're on fire you're on the upswing and then you fucking take that one loss and then it not only kills our spirit <laughs> because we we're like hell yeah dude it kills your spirit because you're the actual fighter and athlete you know yeah, I mean, he, he had fought the last fight. It was a split decision, but it was Jack Jenkins. Maybe I should have took more of that into account. That he, he hung in there with Jack Jenkins more than a, you know, Pat Sabatini. I mean, he was out of there really fast, too. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I was just thinking, maybe you don't have it anymore. Well, Same you know what, as Sam, I was thinking with uh, Jessica Andrade. She right. looked awful lately. Mackenzie Dern you, was looking great lately. And would damn. You, I guess question it less if there was like an in-between thing between the fights like they do all this press and stuff but they don't show a guy coming from a loss preparing for his next fight like i would what i'm saying is would you want to watch like a sort of small documentary series where jamal emmers is preparing for this fight coming up coming off of a loss and how that goes is it is it more intense is he taking time off is he spending time with family close ones whatever what have you or is he is he hyper focused on avoiding submissions now i I would like to see that it would give me more insight into these guys i don't care about their personalities nearly as much but if i could see them still preparing for war would be would be incredible all right van uh kevin barjas the first round was like a slugfest those guys were up close Boxing a little like bit. Round two, Van with all the pressure. Uh, round three, I mean, Van just always coming forward, hitting shots. Uh, Borjas catches them like every once in a while. But Van was the one moving forward, wins decision. I'll tell you this. <clears throat> Speaking of that Theo Vaughn podcast with Dana White, he mentioned something about this live sports event that he wants to do. In He said something about a sphere. I've heard of the uh, sphere being something that they've used, like the U2 concert in oh. Las Vegas oh, was done okay. in some sort of a sphere. You know what I'm talking yeah, about, right? I, know what you're talking about. I-, I hope it's something like that. But he's saying something about doing this major event in Mexico. And when you see guys like this, you know, Kevin Borjas, you know, the Mexican fighters that we have seen come and go in the UFC and the new guys, let's fucking go, dude. I'm 100% with that because those motherfuckers have so much to fight for. You know what I mean? Kane Velasquez, guys like this, Yair Rodriguez. These guys are some of the – Brendan Marino. I mean, we can't – we're just leaving a lot of people out, but holy shit. Talk about some of the most electric guys to watch fight. Look, Go all the way to boxing. You know what I mean? I can't think of the guy's name. You know who I'm talking about, though. Super popular guy, but I don't watch boxing like that. But you know what I'm talking about. Mexicans like to fucking fight. <laughs> it's part of who they are. And they're the type of people that can whoop your motherfucking ass, dude, and then pick you up off the ground and shake your hand. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, a Russian guy will probably just leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're sl- you're sleeping for an extra 30 seconds because that dude took off instead of waking your ass back up. But I just bring that up because when I watch these two guys fight and you see a guy where Borjas was kind of, I, I feel like very much a Yair Rodriguez style, just all over the place, in there. You're going to catch me or I'm going to catch you, dude. Let's see. And I like that style of fighting. You know, I love technique just as much as the next guy, but. Hey, there's nothing more than a dog versus a dog, you know? Uh, John Castaneda, Sexy Mexi. Uh, dude, what a boring fight. Uh, yeah. Kang Kong Ho. This, Luke, Luke it, Kang. It was like the Sexy Mexi was the only one taking chances. He was throwing shots. It was a pretty boring fight. It, it was like the guys were just going through the motions for the most part. 
Absolutely. Like, what are you supposed to do with them now? Uh, because Castaneda was one of those guys, I believe, that they were trying to... They were moving him up. They're having him fight some tougher competition, and then you go and you do this against this guy. It's a tough look. You know, he beat them all 30-27s. It's just <clears throat> not, nothing happened in the fight. Yes, <laughs> but it, this is not a championship fight. You're fighting a guy. This isn't the guy who's holding a belt. This isn't the guy who's been undefeated for the last 13 years. This is just a guy. You should have finished him. You should have did something significant. Go ahead. Uh, it must Jared, have been the mustache. Jared Gordon, Mark Madsen. Okay, so when this fight came on, I was I was shocked. I was like, what the fuck is Mark Madsen doing? Madsen come over, clinched, was throwing some big knees to the body. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? He's going for the shock value. What the hell's happening over here? I, you know, thinking about this, I think you might have called this, actually. All right. So, man, he played right into Gordon's game, though. He was playing Gordon's <laughs> yeah, <he did>. game. <laughs> so, the, I guess this is why this man's a wrestler, not a boxer. Right. because right. He's just too old. and But you see, sometimes that element of surprise for a wrestler, if they have good enough striking, can be enough. <laughs> but you're fighting Jared Gordon, who, who's just a gnarly dude. He's going to take everything you got anyways. So when you do, because, dude, when I start, when I was watching this, I was like, is he just standing with him? I'm like, he's not doing, and then he went to sleep. And I'm like, well, he was just standing with him. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, he didn't do nothing. I mean, he... Guys, guys like Ryan Bader and Dan Henderson are my foundation for what a wrestler can be. You know what I mean? Skill set wise, where you can come in with such a fucking foundation of being a great wrestler and then have this gnarly knockout power with both hands. Mark Madsen might not be the guy or might be a little late. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, There's a wrestler out there that's got this, but I don't think it's him. <laughs> Go back to the wrestling. Jordan. Uh, Jordan. Gordon, after he wins this, he, he says he wants to fight a top 15 guy. And, and I'm going to tell you, that that shows, that, that like bodes well for the lightweight division. That there's 15 guys that are, you know, that are that are better than, than Gordon. If you look at these right. guys, I mean, they're, they're some, that's a tough-ass division. Yeah, it's a scary division. It's a division where you must be completely well-rounded. You must have every skill set. Good luck, dude. I'd be dropping to 45. <laughs> I just, if I was a fighter at 55 trying to come up, yeah, I'm going to try to lose that 10. Give myself a chance. All right. uh, what do we got here? This. Um, yeah, go ahead. Good luck. What is this? It's like Borishev versus uh, Sadikov. Yes, Sadikov, sir. yeah. Yep. Uh, 9 1 and 1 for that guy. 7 3 and 1 for the Valashlev after this fight because it's a draw. And you know what? I think. Nazim was doing very well. He was hurting this dude a lot in that first round. I wouldn't have called a draw because of that alone. That first round, that was Nazim all day long. I don't. I didn't really see any significant things coming from Borshev. I didn't see him blood. make his way back. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was bleeding a lot. Hey, can I tell you this too real quick? Because Zam and I have talked about the power slap before. Dana White brings up the power slap on the Theo Von podcast, okay? And you know what he said about this shit? It has more numbers on on the internet than the UFC, the NFL, the NBA, uh, NHL combined and times by four. Damn, bro, what the fuck? No wonder we've seen the shit. We were maybe we could have actually had a great podcast based on it if we would have actually done it. <laughs> I thought <laughs> it was whole wild. Power man. slap. Like I said, when I first saw the, the that duh crazy Hawaiian, the fucking man, yeah. and apparently he's using him it's, now, so. Dana just literally said that it's so he doesn't understand why it's so viral. Any of that material that he drops, it's incredible. 
So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the sphere, whatever the fuck that is, dude. Yeah. Swords? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, draw. Uh, so then we got Matus Rebecki versus Roosevelt Roberts, man. Yeah. Roosevelt took this early, man. He, t- he just, yeah, you know, you, you know who we know who he is. That's what he's gonna do. He wants his he wants his job back. And Re- Rebecca's just a tough ask for anybody at this point. Uh, it's almost a shame that Roosevelt had to take the fight. There wasn't another guy even higher ranked that would have taken on this cat. Why not? Oh, that's because you're afraid you're gonna lose. Very strategic of you. All right, then we do have a uh, Loopy versus uh, Loopy Godinez versus Tabitha Ricci. Uh, Sam was right, exactly right about this. Uh, we both definitely leaned on the loopy side, uh, and she did it, and she did it exactly how Sam said she was going to do it via decision. <laughs> I don't even know if I was leaning on anybody's side. I was just decision. Well, if we were going to, we would have probably leaned a little bit more towards loopy simply because she's been on a streak. If she hadn't been winning, we'd been like, who knows? What we do know for sure is it's going to go five, uh, three rounds. Now. Orsig, uh, another back and forth fight versus uh, Alexandro Costa. Uh, yeah, Orsig edged edged it out. I uh, I don't know. It must not have been not much remarkable in the fight because that's all the fuck I wrote down. Edged it out. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I, even. I got nothing for both of these guys. It wasn't that special. And I don't recognize them as yeah. future guys. Not as Leon Orsig, but I will say, the next fight. I was definitely wrong. The next, yeah, I was definitely wrong on Diego Lopez, uh, Lopes versus Pat Sabatini. I thought Pat Sabatini was going to destroy this guy. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, He kind of like tossed him down. And then when Sabatini got up, he ran at him, threw some hands and, uh, boom, it was over with the whole main event. Didn't last very long at all. You mean the main card? Yeah, the main card. I'm yeah, the entire the card was very card. quick. Uh, here's the thing, though. Sabatini doesn't have stand-up. Lopez does. Okay? Look at the last name. I'm talking about Mexican guys. For sure, this guy's got to be a Mexican dude. His hands are going to be there just as well as his grappling. That's why when we looked at this fight, it was such a, uh, a toss-up for both of us where it's like Sabatini could go in there, just house this guy, or Diego Lopez, can he can somehow survive. Yeah, Sabatini and then always it, seems so strong. He's just tossing people around, but anyway. Lopez is bigger than him, though. He was taller than him, and I think that played a factor in his ability to keep him keep himself from being on the ground. You know what I mean? In a defensive position. Lopez, he's, he's a problem, dude. He is a bigger guy for this weight class, I think, as far as featherweights are concerned. His height, his reach, everything about him, it's definitely a signs of a guy who could be a future champion, I think. Because Sabatini's not a guy that you do that to. You know what I mean? Ryan Hall, maybe. <laughs> Sabatini, not so much. At least we haven't seen it. Uh, next fight, though, this one blew us all away, okay? Jeez. This one blew us away, and, and let's introduce it properly. Matt Frivola versus Benoit Saint-Denis, okay? This is a, another one of those. This whole main card, like Sam said, this is this very quick, very fast card, and it could have went either way the entire time. Bo- both Diego Lopez versus Sabatini could have went either way. Benoit versus Frivola could have went either way. And uh, the outcomes were always so special when that's the case. Um, Favola's just a nasty dude. I forgot that he uh, he had served. I forgot that he was a veteran. That's pretty cool to find out. You know, I think that's why a lot more people are respectful of this man, you know, doing what he does. Because also uh, St. Denis was in the armed forces or special forces, but for the French army. Yep, French special forces. You know what forces. I mean? Sam, that's supposed to get a laugh, though, because French army, you know, <laughs> the guys who don't ever want to fight. Sure, tough stuff. Uh, 
I'm just kidding. I'm sure it was uh, whatever the special things he was doing for the forces had to have been pretty interesting. But tough guy nonetheless. And unlike a lot of guys that have his face, he's emotional. You know, St. Denis, will, he'll, he'll say shit. He'll, he'll, you'll see stuff on his face. Whereas most guys that look like him would just be quiet and be like, yes, I'll fight the next guy. He's like, eh, fucking anybody, whatever we want to do, I'm just here to fight. I'm ready to do this. Give me the next guy, blah, blah, blah. He, he just looks like a guy that if he was quiet, you would be scared shitless of him. But since you know, because he's almost not human looking. He well, looks like a guy that punches trees, you know, fights might. in the wilderness. <laughs> you know, something. He, he looks like a guy that if he was in a fucking military outfit and came up doing special forces, whatever, and you were the guy he's after, you'd be like, take me, just get me out of here. I don't want you to do anything to me. Um, well, but for Vola, tough as nails, dude. He's he really no longer is. flying under the radar, I tell you that. Like, he can't blew wait up to see now, this huh? guy again. So I, lo- I like him. We've liked him since uh, yeah. I think he came on the scene. He was more of a surprise because of, he's been put against basically the toughest guys, and he's he's done well. For Vola's, he's no slouch, man. But St. Dennis is very is special. We can say that. I want to see what they do with him next. He he won by knockout in a minute and thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, I with mean, a crazy up, crazy kick, just straight up the Frivola's face. Yeah, beautiful work. And I and again, that's that's good coaching to me. That's a coach saying, "Hey, he's going to expect you to stand there and punch him, kick him, <laughs> throw one." I think that's very much Randy Costa versus Jason Knight. Oh, Jason comes in here thinking you're going to stand in front of him like it's a phone booth. We're going to punch each other in the mouth. I'm going to kick you because it's illegal. This isn't boxing, bitch. All right. So Jessica Andrade, go ahead. Just, oh, I was going to say Jessica Andrade, Mackenzie Dern. This fight, I don't know what to do with either one of these ladies now because you had Dern who was on upswing against Andrade that, Andrade that, that was on a downswing. I mean, she had lost three in a row and... I don't know what you do with these ladies. What do you do with Dern? You, I, I'm thinking you're going to give Dern somebody halfway quick to, to get her back. But then again, the, the many times she got knocked down, I don't know. I don't know what you do with her. She was on upswing, and now you kind of fucked her by giving her this matchup. I mean, you yeah. didn't fuck her. She fucked herself. She's just, well, it's Andrade's fault, too, because in most cases, this bitch isn't fucking doing what she's supposed to. She's so inconsistent where it's like she should have been a dominant champ and just defended the title multiple times, but she's inconsistent. I almost thought she'd given up. <laughs> you know, I I just she lost to Aaron Blanchfield. Ta, I mean Tatiana dominator. She, so I I just thought the lady gave up. She's given up. She's lost three in a row. She don't have it anymore for whatever reason. And here she is proving me wrong. Yeah, I just hope that whoever she gets next, that we can see something similar. You know, win again in dramatic fashion. All right. Uh, next up. Heavyweight co-main event, Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Pavlovich. All right, I'll admit it, everybody. I've never been so wrong in my entire life when it comes to a fight. I thought Pavlovich was going to straight up knock out Tom Aspinall. No question. And, yeah, that's not what happened. The opposite happened. Uh, Sergey, I'll tell you, when I was watching, when I was watching this fight, and I saw the beginning of it, and it didn't last very long. But Sergey was squared up. Aspinall's he throwing a couple punches. Aspinall's backing up a little bit. And I was thinking, he's got Aspinall right where he fucking wants him. He's going to knock his ass out any second now. And then, bam, the right hand from Aspinall. Boom. Yeah, I'll tell you this much, dude. I think I nailed it when I said the thing that's going to be the, di- the difference maker in this fight is Tom Aspinall's speed. Because that's all it was. 
he was able to get there before Sergey was able to defend it. Bro, he hit him. What did he hit him? Right above his ear? Yeah. I believe it was over his left or right ear, something like that. Stung him. And then, what, he threw two more. Just uh, Here's my thing. I, I made a, a gripe a little bit in the last episode about what happens to these guys if one of these guys doesn't finish in a dramatic fashion. We got the dramatic finish. So what's going to happen now? We had, we had an open heavyweight spot. I don't know. Is John Jones the champion still? Is he going to defend the title? Is Stipe Miocic the next guy? What's happening now? Because now Tom Aspinall's name is in that mix 100%. I'm curious. I think both guys would be a fun matchup against John Jones at heavyweight because they're both very much heavyweights that probably could get to 205 if they really wanted, but they'd be so shredded, so drained. It'd probably make Tom slower, you know what I mean? Because he's got, what is he, two, he was like 256 or something, right? He was up there, dude. And Tom is, he's jacked at heavyweight. My point is, is you could see a guy like Roy Nelson getting down to 205. He's got yeah, something to lose. Sure. Tom Aspinall is too cut. He drops down to 205, that's going to deplete him. So what I'm saying is, John Jones, all he has to do is gain weight to get to heavyweight, right? He's fighting a guy that's doing nothing. He's just training. He's not got, he doesn't have to lose weight. He doesn't have to make 265. He can walk around between 240 and 265 all day. Entire fight camp. So fighting a guy like that who doesn't have that extra weight to lose and is as fast as Tom Aspinall, I think is more of a threat than Stipe Miocic's, Miocic's overall abilities. You know what I mean? He's very skilled in all areas. I just don't see one thing that's that much greater than John. Whereas Aspinall, I think his speed is, is there. Problem with the speed is John Jones is long. So even if you are faster, can you get there? That's a lot of limbs to, you know what I mean? Very interesting. I like that fight though. I like Stipe too. I like John Jones in, in the heavyweight division with the very, very top guys. And the fact that Tom won this fight dramatically, it doesn't, it doesn't deter uh, Sergey whatsoever in my mind. He's still very much a threat to every other heavyweight, even to John Jones if he can get there. What is that, his second loss? Something like that. 18 and 2. 18 and 2. And, and people were really worried about if Tom could get through him. And he did it with no problem. Just ugly. Tom's, dude, I don't think I've seen Tom Aspinall in any sort of injury or pain or blood or anything since the knee. Like, even before, I don't think I've seen him brawling guy where he's getting injured, where he's taking damage, where he's going to be a future CTE spokesman, you know? That's very interesting because, like like I said, the mental game is a very huge part of MMA. And if Tom keeps his, keeps his head, dude, you could have a really dominant heavyweight champion for a lot of years because this kid is young. My favorite thing, though, is when they showed fucking Michael Bisping filming like a video after he won, like talking shit to the video. And I told you, I fucking told you, mate, this is my boy. Whatever the fuck he was saying, you know what I mean? Just hype for the fact that yeah. Tom Aspinall is doing his thing. Uh, I like that. You know, Michael Bisping is just a fun character to have in MMA. You need a guy like that. Whereas, like, if Brian Ortega was doing that for some fighter, he'd be like, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this, man. Out of you know, eight UFC fights, he has six Performance of the Nights awards or awarded to him. You know, that that's including the knee injury with... And then the, he got, the one he, he got didn't, a fight bonus for the knee. <laughs> the only one he didn't was when uh, he fought Alan Boudot and won in a minute and thirty five seconds a knockout. So, so he's been so damn good this, in the UFC. You could also make the argument if you're, you know, 
an actual analyst of MMA that we haven't seen enough of Tom. We haven't seen him in a bad spot, which it's good and it's bad. You know, you need to see that bad spot to see him come out of it. And I think Sergey was a good test because there was moments there where it's like, like you said, Sergey's got him right where he wants him. And then all of a sudden Tom's like, you thought, but you thought he did. And then good night, Sally. Sleep tight, bro. It was so, it was so fucking fast. That's the thing I know. I was like, he, Sergey was out on his feet trying to grab for something to hold his ass up. And then he got tagged again. Uh, fun stuff, dude. Just a, this is a fun card. You, uh, this is one of those cards where I was like, I don't care about any of the results, honestly. Just let 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 the man, let him fight. Let's see a fight. Uh, go ahead. Well, dude, you're going to have to go ahead on this one, and you you can uh, you know cuss me okay, out or got- whatever. But I didn't even see this main event of this. Not, Fair enough. I see. I've been wanting to watch it, but I've been busy as shit. But uh, yeah, I did see you know the highlights at the very end. Uh, Alex Ferreira, Fajeda, uh, that guy. I don't even know what to make about this guy. He comes in, and then uh, to me, all right, to me, this makes the UFC look a little weak. Having a guy like this, who's been a kickboxer all his life or, or wherever, he comes in, and he's, you know, now he's 36 years old, and immediately he's just like a big deal. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I watch wrestling too much in my life. Where that type of I need you, Sam, I need you to be clear though for the audience because that to me was a little confusing. You're talking about Alex Vajera yes, and his popularity now. Yes, not your not Yuri because obviously he's not 36. Mm-hmm. So what Sam is saying, and I guess he's more or less uh, opening it up for me to scream about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this shit is ugly, and I hate this. I don't like it at all because there's even people talking about him versus uh, John Jones at heavyweight and all this shit. It's like what every time this happens, Sam, correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't work out <laughs> so far. And I've even heard people calling him the middleweight and the light. The Oh, champ- yeah. Like, bro, he doesn't have that belt, though, Jack. <laughs> he doesn't have the middleweight belt also. OK, Who and was it back in the day. The- James Tony come in. And it yeah. lost immediately to Kotor. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that puts the debate over with uh, MMA, uh, UFC better than boxing. And then what? you got a kickboxer comes in and just dominates. He didn't get and then they also they also time. push him. They also push him, which I get yeah. is an ugly thing for us because we come from that era where it's like, no, fuck your sport. <laughs> we're, this is where you need – we're running that game, dog. We're going with the guy who's been an MMA guy his whole life, not the guy who was a kickboxer. Fuck your sport, dude. We don't give a shit none about that. Same thing with boxing. It's like that's where it's really started. Now we're now we're parading around these kickboxers because they're doing so well. Izzy was that guy, right? He was a kickboxer before he became an MMA fighter, and now it's like, oh, he's the best. I get it. He's cringe now. People fucking don't really yeah, like but, him. But uh, you know what? I'm gonna interject. I'm gonna say at least Izzy started like like anyone would start in the UFC. He didn't just True. fight True. one fight, uh, two absolutely. fights, and get thrown right into the title picture. Absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent, and. and I think the biggest thing is they're acting like the competition that somehow Alex has fought has been up to par. So far, Yuri is the best fight he's had aside from Izzy. I mean, at 205, he fought Han, who's at at the end of his career. He's old as shit. You know what I mean? He's a Glover Teixeira type at this point anyways. He's still tough as nails. He's made of bricks. But he's, he's, he's aging out. And yeah, Alex is aging out as well. So why the fuck are they pushing him so hard as if he's going to be this next? He doesn't talk. 
Like that part alone makes it fucking impossible to like him. Hey guy, get a personality. What the fuck? Is that supposed to be intimidating or scary or special? Like Carlos Condit did that same fucking stare down, but at least he spoke words afterwards. Be intimidating on the mic too, guy. Just fucking standing there staring like, uh-oh, hey, I'm not thinking. You know what it is? You look dumb. When you're, he looked blankly fucking staring at the guy like nothing's going on in my head. <laughs> Nothing. Like that, that, Yuri, I swear to God, Yuri almost broke three times while they were staring at each other. You see a little smirk from him. <laughs> Whereas Alex is like, that's all it was, bro. And yet there's these motherfucking dumbass casual fans that'll be like, bro, he's a psychopath. He's crazy. He's going to kill everyone. He's not. He's got handlers. He's got people that probably put food into his mouth. I bet he sits there while just being fed into his mouth like a baby. Just, you got to chew it, Alex. You got to chew now. Doesn't know how to chew. Doesn't brush his own teeth. They let, dress him and everything, bro. He's a fucking robot. That's not a real guy. They made that guy. Let the conspiracy start here. I don't give a shit. You're going to find out. You're going to find out soon enough. That's why Dana White is friends with Donald Trump is because he's working with fucking aliens, dog. That motherfucker's an alien. They found that guy. That reminds they me of the Twilight him. Zone episode where they had a, a like this pitcher or something in baseball as it was a robot. So that's yeah. funny as you say okay, that. Okay, okay. You can't tell. Hey, if Tom Brady and the Patriots can start flattening fucking footballs to help win games, you can't tell me the UFC would make their own fucking fighter. Get the fuck out of here, dude. I would have started doing that in 2007 if I was Dana White and I knew this company was going to go where it was going and they're also working. Hey, you know who they're owned by, right? They're owned by the company that owns a bunch of actors and fucking production companies and shit. Who's working with their robots, dude? Get the fuck out of here. The evidence is, it's it's right in front of us, dude. And then also the, all the fake, I bet all this fandom that we think we're seeing is actually all also just bots who the, who like Alex Fajera. They're like, you know what? I'm a robot. I have, I'm going for the other robot, dude. I have to. I bet if we find out from Yuri later, you're going to be like, hey, it was like punching a fucking steel, you know, skeleton. I swear to God, whatever's inside of that guy is whatever was, uh, whatever made Wolverine. You know, that's not a real guy. No emotion. Doesn't even smile when he wins the belt, dude. Drown yourself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not a human person, dude. You've never seen somebody do that and win something so great, right? You even Oscar Pistorius, right? The motherfucker had no legs. When he wins, you think he's not excited, motherfucker? What? This guy over here, he, he's got all the faculties. He's, is he pissing on his own? Can he, you know what I mean? Because you're not going to, not even a smile, dude. Nothing. That's not good. That's a guy who, if he doesn't have CTE now, he's just going to kill because he likes it, dude. It's the only way he feels. The fuck are we talking about? Let's <laughs> move <laughs> the next card. UFC fight night, Allen versus Craig. And. Okay, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. If you just said that to me, Allen versus Craig, it would take me a second to be like, who, who is that? <laughs> Who are either one of the guys headlining? And then I have to be like, okay, Paul Craig, Allen, Iverson. Who could it be, dude? <laughs> then you go and you look. You're like, okay, I like it. I like it. I know who both these guys are. This is interesting. This is going to speak and a lot for the division. Back at the apex again. Back at the what? apex. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So the first fight, and I will say, you'll probably hear me shuffling some papers around and shit because these fights, one of them had to have been made like today. Because I looked at this shit last night, and one of these fights, uh, Christian Leroy Duncan was was fighting a whole other guy. But we'll get to it. All right, the first fight, Charles Johnson, Rafael Ramos, Estevam. Johnson's been around a while. He's 13-5. and five. 
He's lost his last two fights. He's now two, two and three in the UFC, and this guy is just more experienced. Estevam is the betting favorite. Four knockout wins, three submission wins. He had a knockout win on the contender self contender series, and uh, he prides himself on his cardio. Uh, last three component opponents combined thirty nine wins, seven losses. So this, um, you know, took his opponent down on the contender series, won by ground and pound, and I think he'll probably do the same to Charles Johnson. Yeah, eleven and zero, man. That's that's tough. I don't know what they're doing to Charles. I don't know if this is one of those, hey, if you can pull this off, you're back where you were, or you're going nowhere. So let's have this guy eat you up real quick. Uh, I hate your hair still. Um, like I said, I can hate a lot of things about a guy. If he's a good fighter, I'm going to fucking respect that. And Charles Johnson, he's been in there, man. He, he's fought tough competition. He did come out of the out on the wrong end a couple different times, but he was, he was one of those guys that we paid attention to. We know who he is, even though his name is Charles Johnson. You know what I mean? Like, just thousands and thousands of that guy. All right, Trey Ogden versus Nicholas Mata. 16-6 and six for Trey Ogden. 13-5. Uh, and five. I hope this is in order for Sam's sake. Yeah, you're right. Um, lightweight battle here. What, do, what can we even say about this? We were just talking about how deadly the lightweight division is, and here we are with these two guys. <laughs> so, 34. Uh, Mata, you'll remember this. He won on the Contender Series, and then uh, – they stuck him in his first ever fight in the UFC to, against Jim Miller. Yeah. And we were like, we knew at the time, we were like, man, that is fucked up to have to fight your UFC debut right. against Jim like I, Miller. Well, but the they joke, must the, think highly of the guy. Well, the joke that I made, Sam, was the one where I was like, uh, he must have just signed a contract against a guy named Jim Miller. <laughs> you Like, he didn't know who he was. He's like, I'll fight a Jim Miller. That's clearly a white guy. Yeah. Not a problem. And then he goes in there and he's like, oh, fuck, he has 97 fights? Yeah. <laughs> And he lost that by uh, TKO. Uh, it, then he, he lost his last fight. That was a first round uh, knockout uh, to Manuel Torres. So they give him Trey Ogden now, who has zero knockout wins in his whole career. <laughs> so eleven That's submission what I'm saying. wins. That's what I'm saying about this. Why? Here we are talking about how lethal this 155 division is, and we got these two guys still <laughs> yeah. signed the contracts. Come on, man. This is the end. This is a career ender here. Whoever wins, uh, the other person's getting cut. Yeah. For sure. uh, Ogden's got a two-inch uh, reach and height advantage, and he's got a lot of submission skills. So, yeah, this you know, even though Mata is the betting favorite, you know, I I, I particularly would would go with Trey Ogden here. I wouldn't have guessed that Mata was thirty years old. <laughs> you know, when he first came on the scene, he even looks like a younger guy. Wow, taking on a Jim Miller, you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's okay. Yeah, I thought he was younger too. Well, so. Here, over here five. looking it up. I got it written down right here. Start. There you go. Uh, Alina Good Perez, uh, Lucy uh, Padalava. I, I got you. Pudalava. 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 Oh, anyway. It's, isn't it weird the ones that I remember and you're like, she's not even shit. <laughs> like, I, just, I don't know. She's Name 14 and 8. 14 and 8. <laughs> right. Just lost a split decision to Jocelyn Edwards. Uh yeah, if you lose to Jocelyn Edwards, you know, I, I can't I can't uh pick you to to win a fight. Alina Perez, just the lady that that was all twerking and shit. She's got like a thick body. She's short. She's only five five. Uh, but then she come in, uh, talking all that shit. Lost her UFC debut to Stephanie Egger of all people, and she she fought Ashley Evans Smith next. That was her last fight. Did have a win. It it was a decision, of course. It wasn't very impressive, but 
you know, she should beat this lady. This lady, 14 okay. and 8. 14 and 8. Real, real quick for the real MMA heads out there. See if Sam can recall this. Since we're talking about female MMA, do you remember the fight that somebody puked or shit themselves? Female fight, and it was versus Felice Herrick. Yes, I do remember this. Who who was she fighting? I don't know, but I, I'm sure I can figure it out. Give me Find a, it, boy, because I'm, I'm telling you, I saw this the other day, and I was like, I don't remember this. Yeah, That's I how often this. I skip female fights. Yeah, I think she crapped her pants. That's what I thought. She was her belly, her belly was pressed on or something. Felice was laying her weight on her and shit. Because <laughs> I know I know there's some low, lower uh, lower level UFC guys, like not they've never been in the UFC, but organizations where a guy shit himself while he's fighting. And of course, you know he looks like fucking, you know Tank Abbott. <laughs> of course, that guy's gonna shit himself. He ate before he fought. You know what I mean? Like he, he he's not like one of these other guys. He's like us. He ate fucking McDonald's before he fought, dude. He didn't just carbo-load fucking spaghetti. You know, he went <laughs> straight for the fucking Whopper. It was a Justine Kish. She should be she should be named underneath Ronda Rousey, Gina Carano, and Misha Tate for her influence in female <laughs> MMA. 100%, dude. A fucking hero. We need to mention her every episode from now on. Oh god, she's Justine. got a, she's got a win over this lady that this this uh Puda lava actually. Uh, that's why we brought her up, Sam. We come full circle. Let's go. Yeah. All right, what's this next fight? I don't know who this guy is. His name is insane. And, and, well, and she lost to Felice Herring. Okay, go ahead. Felice Herring was fucking terrible. I think I told you the story. She had put out uh, hey, I'm gonna be on uh American Ninja Warrior. And I'm like, that's pretty cool, seeing a UFC fight on American Ninja Warrior. I'll tune it. And for like a month straight, she talked about, yeah, you got to watch. You must watch. And I tune it in. The very first thing where you go side to side, she just falls right into the water. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Why would you even brag about being on the show? I wouldn't even pretend I was on there if that happened to yeah. me. Yeah, skip my episode. So this next fight, do you have Christian Leroy Duncan versus Dennis Tolulin? I don't. That's two fights later. I got oh. this Jekka guy. Saragi or something. Oh, okay. All right. We'll go with that one then. These fights are all fucked up. That that Dennis Tolulin guy, he he wasn't even on the card as of yesterday. He just got added, like literally. Uh, Jekka, uh, Saragi, Lucas Alexander. Yeah, who are these guys? I don't. <laughs> Lucas Alexander. Three knockout wins, three submission wins, one and one in the UFC. He lost his uh, UFC debut to Joe Anderson Silva. Uh, I'm sorry, Joe Anderson. Silva. Joe Anderson Britta. That was a decision. <laughs> and then, I don't know where the hell I got. Joe hey, Anderson that's Silva. that's somebody's YouTube or Twitter <laughs> name, Joe Anderson Silva. And then he won his. Uh, then he won by a decision to Steven Peterson. Who's Steven Peterson? We we will never know. Uh, Jaka, four knockouts, eight submission wins. He's been submitted twice. He's been knocked out once. Uh, knocked out by Anshel Jubilee in his last fight. Uh, yeah, who knows who's winning this thing? Okay, uh, hey, be- before you continue, because this is gonna go nowhere. Anyways, I would say Lucas to... Alexander was a huge betting favorite when I. But okay, come on. I believe that because it's like who's the other guy? But here's something else funny I want to add to this episode that Dana White said on Theo's podcast. He referenced the movie Enter the Dragon. Because the, if you are aware of this movie, what happens in Enter the Dragon is this guy puts together like a Mortal Kombat type of tournament. 
where he brings all these fighters from across the world to verse each other, and he ends up being a corrupt guy, and Bruce Lee ends up killing him. <laughs> so what happened, Dana White references this movie because he talks about putting together fights. He, he thinks of himself as the villain guy from Enter the Dragon, bringing all these fights. He's like, you look at these names of these fighters we're putting together. We got this guy from France over here fighting this guy from Pakistan. You're like, wait, what? So you think you're a crazy villain guy from a Bruce Lee movie? That's incredible, dude. Like, even Vince McMahon wouldn't say that shit. You know, I really think of myself, I wish I could do a Vince McMahon. I could get one if I really tried, but... The guy, the guy, he, he's portraying a villain. I don't think he's actually like that whatsoever. You know, he might actually be a halfway decent guy. Same thing with Dana. But when you hear about the fighter pay and all the other shit, the fighters, he's he's not helped get anywhere that we're actually good fighters and shit like that. You're like, maybe he is actually not a great guy. And then you find out that, yeah, fuck, I'm the villain from a, a Bruce Lee movie. Wild. Anyways, enough of that. Uh, That's what I was going to say, you know, with the fighter pay. He is, uh, you know. Widely uh, regarded as a villain with a lot of people. And don't ever let people forget this, dude. They are independent contractors, just like with the WWE. These fighters do not work for the UFC unless they are contracted to do so. So in that in that interim time, like Conor McGregor right now, doesn't he's, he's not a UFC employee. He's just a guy. He probably doesn't have a job. And aside from what proper... I'm not going to name all this shit. Let's move past Conor. But they are independent contractors. So... Once your three fights up, they can decide whether or not you work for them again. All right. So next you have Christian Leroy Duncan versus Dennis Tolulian. Uh, nope. Oh, uh, Mick Parkin versus uh, Cal Machado. Okay, we'll go with that one. All right. Michael Parkin, uh, I think he'll get the win here easy. Uh, this guy, he came on. He wasn't all that impressive in his debut. It was quick, I remember. It, well, no, it was a decision win. Oh, was it? But, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's Actually, I'm, I'm sorry. Hold on. Yeah, that was a decision win. Uh, okay. He's he a baby-face guy, though, huh? He, he's the guy Michael Bisping just talked all up like he was some fucking right. big okay. badass the whole time. Michael Bisping was going crazy about this guy. And it was Jamal uh, Pogues. Yeah, I see this. I see this. Yikes. And anyway, uh, th- they have to see something in this guy. They they yeah. all love him. Uh, he was on a contender series in one rear, rear naked choke. That's and- why he's a he's a uh, heavyweight jujitsu guy. That's why they like him, and he's in shape. Yeah, Parkin highly touted uh, prospect, heavyweight prospect, and Machida. That's that's no, nah, dude. Say it right. It's Machado. 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 It's just. It- it's. I wonder if it's the sister of uh, Ian's wife. I don't know. But I, I will say this. This will be his UFC debut. He's coming off a contender series decision win. And he fought nobodies at, at BFL. And when I say nobodies, I stumbled upon this guy that he fought twice. Lee Main. The the guy goes by the Grampinator. The guy's like 56 years old or something. <laughs> and his record is horrible. Um, I'm gonna fucking find this guy right here live, and I mean, I, I hate the nickname already. I can, like Dana said, do it. Yeah. You're not, Thir- you're the not guy's thirteen be- and seventeen, fifty-six. Uh, so these wins are inflated, man. Eight, one, you know and one. Can They're- I tell you real quick? Yeah. Once I got to thirteen and thirteen, I'm retiring. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's won his last two. So, so 
<laughs> so he was 11 and 17 at one point. The guy kind of yeah. looks, it looks a little bit like Ken Shamrock in a way. Of course it does. <laughs> it's a guy overly tanned. Wearing yeah, fucking yeah, exactly. He's overly shirt. tanned. Yeah, fucking, fucking muscular. A douchebag. <laughs> the Grampinator. Yeah, the Grampinator. Stop yeah. it. He's like, I'm going to lean into the fact that I'm the old guy fighting fucking <laughs> yeah. children. All right. So, yeah, I think Parkin had no problem. You know what, Sam? Put together the Grampinator and the eighteen-year-old guy in the UFC. See who wins. Yeah. I thought that's a fight I'll watch. There you go. I'll watch that. <laughs> Put that on the undercard of a Jake Paul fight. Same thing. All right, <laughs> All right we finally the Christian Leroy Duncan versus ah. First, it was an unknown fighter on Monday night. Tuesday night, it was Caesar Almeida. Wednesday, which is tonight, we're recording on Wednesday. Dennis Tolulian. So okay. I don't know what the fuck is going on over there. But, yeah, Dennis Tolulian, all you need to know about him, he's 10-8. and eight. He got destroyed by RoboCop in his last fight, and you know, which happens. But 10-8, yeah. and eight, man, so they had to be desperate to get Christian Leroy Duncan a fight. He's coming off his first loss. That was to Armand Petrosian, and you know that was a, a decision loss. He should have no problems with this fight. Yeah, even though it's a short notice thing. I'm always curious about how these things work out. We've seen some superstars come out of that short notice shit. So maybe that's why the UFC keeps trying to do that. Yeah. And we've seen some you people know? like Roosevelt Roberts. Right. Well, imagine a guy who who's like, you don't really care that much. You kind of have a prospect ready to go. And he, he coughs at the apex. You're like, well, yeah. but to find somebody else to replace you, guy, you're going to get your opponent sick. What? <laughs> yeah. And this guy's 10 and 8. He's got no reason not to take the fight. He's just sure. lucky to have a fight somewhere. No kidding, yeah. He's glad he's not fighting a Grampinator. He's <laughs> fighting a real fight. All right, so are we at Chad Chad and Helliger versus Jose Johnson? Hope that's what you got next. Wait, who? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ch- okay. Uh, Chad and, and Helliger is 36 years old. Johnson's only 28. Johnson's a betting favorite. Uh, eight knockouts, two submission wins. You know, this guy, he's been wow. submitted four times. Can um, I tell you, uh, uh, Jose or Jose Johnson is six foot tall, dude. Yeah, yeah. And Elliger's five foot six. So, yeah. and probably depend on the website because you, you usually uh, have different heights sometimes than, than what uh-huh. I have. Yeah. Uh, I'll give my, credit. My, I'll look at SureDog a lot for for things like that. But ESPN is where I usually get the, uh, the, height, the height from and the ages. Fair enough. I do think that there's a tenacity that Ann Hellinger has that uh, is going to make him a problem for basically anybody. I don't care about the size, weight, whatever. He's he's a he's a tenacious guy. I like watching him fight. So yeah, he he was signed after a split decision win on the Contender Series. It, it's it's almost like I go down this list and everybody's been on the damn Contender Series. Going to get yep. to a point where that's all that's signed almost. But yeah, uh, even the, uh, the Ultimate Fighter is not creating yeah. stars. Uh, TKO win in, U- in his UFC debut, but he lost a decision in his last fight. Uh, seven knockouts, three submission wins. He's been submitted five times himself. Uh, th- this height and reach, hard to overcome. So that's probably why Johnson's the favorite, I'm thinking here. I believe it. All right, let's Simple move things along. like that will definitely give people an advantage. Uh, featherweight bout next. Jonathan Pierce, JSP versus Joe Anderson Britta. Uh, so Britta seven knockouts, six submission wins. He's won his last three fights, so he's three and one in the UFC. All finish wins with those fights in the UFC. Uh, you know his his only loss was was in a debut to Bill Algio. 
I can forgive him for that. Uh, Pierce, nine knockouts, two submission wins. He lost his UFC debut to uh, Joe uh, Lazon. Uh, now he's won five in a row. Uh, he just beat Darren Elkins in his last fight in December of last year. And this this should be a this could steal the the event, I think. You know, I'm yeah, not gonna I pick like a winner it. for this fight. This should be a good fight. I just want to see a good competitive fight. Absolutely. I think my my biggest issue is trying to figure out if they're gonna try to stand or gonna go to the ground. Because I think they're both very well rounded in that aspect where they could do both and it could still be a hell of a show. It's a good test for uh, both guys. So I think whoever uh, pulls this off, no matter which way they pull it off, unlike Aspinall versus Sergey, they're probably going to get a top guy in their next matchup. All right, this next fight, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to say this guy's name. I got it written down all fucked up because it was supposed to be Johnny Parsons. So I got that X'd out. I got somebody inserted in uh, versus Yari's Medic. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to find this fight. Mine still says Parsons, so I can't does help it, you. Does it say Parsons still? Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah, I know. This is live. Live. I'm not going to edit any of this shit out. <laughs> no, who cares? Yeah, so, yeah, I got a... Uh, it's like Mike the Mike Tebeck Oral Ball. Okay. It's a straight... It's, I'm going to fucking spell the name like I'm like I'm three years old. Uh, <laughs> M-Y-K-T-Y-B-E-K. Mike Tebeck. Mike, Mike Tebeck. Eh, anyway. Fuck Close it. enough. <laughs> so th- he's 11-1. and one. Uh, So he's won his last six fights. Six knockouts, four submission wins. Uh, Yeah, t- just Tuesday night replacement. A big uppercut knockout in his last fight. I actually watched that. It was on uh, LFA. And that was, in, that was just in October 27th. So that was just a couple weeks ago. And mm-hmm. I think if Yuri's can can move and avoid the strikes, he'll do just fine. He's got seven knockouts, two submission wins. He's won his last three, and you know nine and one. He's only ever lost was to to Jalen Turner. I think uh, I'd almost rather see this fight than Johnny Parsons. You know what I mean? Yeah. This almost sounds like more of a matchup. I did, yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't write shit down about Johnny Parsons. But uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Luana Pinheiro, Amanda Rebus, Rebus. Uh, so Rebus two and three in her last five. A TKO loss to Macy Barber in her last fight. She's now dropping down weight, and she's got a lot more experience than Luana, who she's won her last nine fights. Uh, the UFC's like slowly building her up in competition. Uh, this is a big step up for her, but her last fight was a split decision over Michelle Waterson. So, yeah, you know, Michelle Waterson, if, you know, I believe this fight, I thought she may have lost the fight when I when I watched this at the time. It was extremely close, and if you're competitive, like, if you don't beat up on Michelle Waterson, it's hard to pick you to, to, to win a fight. Again, you gotta show me something, so... I, you know, I'd go with Amanda Rebus. Well, the tragedy of that sentence is the fact that it, it it equates for most most of the veteran female fighters, dude. Angela Hill, you know what I mean? Like the one Raquel Pennington, like these girls that have these names, they're being put in these big fights still because they want to make a new name. The person who's fighting Michelle Waterson is the one that they're trying to build. Michelle Waterson had her day. 
Yep. You have to destroy her to be relevant, dude. And if you don't do that, no one gives a shit. <laughs> like, you don't beat up Raquel Pennington. No one cares. <clears throat> They're not trying to give Raquel Pennington a title shot. <laughs> They're trying to build the next female star, dude. Why do you think there's rumors of fucking Ronda Rousey coming back? Because nothing's going on, dude. Yeah, there's been all kinds of rumors about that, but no. Is it going to actually yeah. happen? Who the hell knows? Let's see what, what happens first. Ron, Ronda Rousey's return or Jake Paul or Logan Paul fighting an MMA fight? Ronda Rousey. Uh-huh. Before then. Where's your Where's your money go, Sam? <laughs> Ronda before that? <laughs> I like it. Her versus Misha Tate. 40 or something. Yeah. Anyway. Number one selling pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, so uh, this next fight, Bantamweight, Peyton, Talbot, Nick, Aguirre. Yeah, I don't like this guy. <laughs> Who's this that? Peyton Who guys from the Contender Series. Okay, so yeah, uh, Nick, uh, three knockouts, four submission wins. He lost his UFC debut to Dan Argeta in his last fight. And this uh, Tolbot, this guy is a huge, fucking huge betting favorite. So, and he is coming off decision, uh, of decision, uh, off the contender series of his decision win. And he was, he was dominated in the fight. Because I remember this because it was Tracy Cortez's brother that, that he beat. You know, they just, they brought her, her, her brother on for the second time. And this guy, you know, he's going to prove he belonged in the UFC. And then uh, Tolbert just kind of ragdolled him the whole fight. And this guy, you know, I don't know why he's such a, a betting favor. I guess because of that. But, man. You know what it is? It's, oh, my God. It's these 20-somethings, dude, that are, that are fans of Sean O'Malley's podcast. You know what I mean? Like guys that are. Like, holy shit, dude, we're basically the same. We're bros, dude. Like, look at his cool hair, man. He's got this fucking crazy hair that does his... Like, that's the guy that's going to go for a Peyton Talbot. You know what I mean? I'm never going to be a fan of a guy whose thing is his hair. And I'm a ginger. You know what I mean? It's just a weird personality trait to be like, I'm cool because I have weird hair. I'm going to make it as weird as possible. Isn't that crazy? Talk to me. Anyone? I don't, I don't like him, dude. He's sloppy. He makes weird mistakes, and all it takes is the right person to capitalize. Maybe it wasn't Cortez's brother. <clears throat> but uh, anybody who's been in the lights before, you know, they can they can find their opening on this Talbot guy and, and shut the lights off quite easily. He, he just, he just fights weird. It's an awkward style, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm seeing something else, but as far as what I saw versus a guy that he probably should have dominated or people think he allegedly dominated, and we saw the fight. You should have did more. You should have actually done more. I mean, that's Cortez's brother. He was all over you. You know, you had some moments there, but it was all it was all trick shit. It was like your first play of the quarter, you know, the first play of the game being a flea flicker, you know, doing a fucking spinning back fist. It's like, cool, dude. No one was expecting that. That's why I, I ate it, you know, but are you going to knock me out with it? No. You're not Uriah Hall. You know what I mean? Throwing fucking spinning so, shit, putting people, or Edson Barbosa. Sorry. I just want to say it. So this guy gets knocked out. You fucking called it here first. There you go. And there's no disputing it because he's a he was a, a minus six hundred, a betting favor, which is fucking massive. Wow, massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But he's going up against a guy named Nick Aguirre. Okay, I don't have to know any of his previous fights. He's seven and one, and he's gonna go in there and do what he's supposed to do. All he's got to do is not be the guy that makes the mistake. This Peyton guy, remember he was all over the place, dude. He's very quick, but he's he's like an Alex Caceres in the very very early days. <laughs> Like he not not there wasn't a lot of offense, and he was fighting like you said, Tracy Cortez's brother. It was, what is it, his second time? 
Yeah. And then there's supposed to be hype behind this guy with six fights behind him. He's not Sean O'Malley. I can tell you that right now. All right. Speaking of Sean O'Malley, Chase, <laughs> like fucking, God thing. damn it, dude. I, you'd almost think, Sam, that I looked ahead. I, I didn't know this guy was fighting next. Go ahead. No, so you were telling me this fight it may end up uh, with yeah. Jordan Levitt pulling out because his wife's pregnant and going to do to give birth any day now. Mm-hmm. So Chase Hooper, Gordon Levitt. So, yeah, I just don't see – and Hooper was a big betting favorite for some reason when I looked in it. I guess he – I don't know why this guy's name is such a you know a deal because he can't – it doesn't strike. He strikes very oddly. He's 4-3 and three in the UFC. You know, he does have a three-inch reach. He's got the height advantage here. But Levitt, he, he can wrestle. And I just don't think Hooper's going to be able to, to ragdoll him around. We'll see. We'll see. But I just, you know, this guy can wrestle. And, you know, Hooper, he's kind of a one-trick pony. He's going to come in. He's going to try to trip him up, take him down. And Levitt, you know, how many times do I pick Levitt when I'm looking at these fights? Not very often. No, like Pimblet and all that, but yeah, I just I I don't see I don't see Hooper just dominating him on the ground, you know, like like he can do to some some opponents. I I personally think this is a bad matchup for him. Yeah, if if Hooper hasn't learned to keep his chin down, I think Levitt knocks him out. Woof! Wow, because Man, you got this, the hot this, takes the last couple fights. Well, I honestly I honestly believe this because what we've seen from Chase Hooper in his last fights, whether he wins or loses, when he throws his strikes and he goes to defend, he just backs up with his chin in the air every single time. That reach can only benefit you so much where a guy like Jordan, he has this ability to do like Superman shit, you know, Superman punches and leap in to cover that distance the way he does. And he can land. He's got great kicks. He, he might keep this standing and beat the hell out of that kid's legs. You know what I mean? It just depends. Chase Hooper is a hell of a wrestler. He can submit you. He's long, but I just don't. I think he's got. He's got to get that chin tested. And I think this is Jordan might be the guy to do it. Jordan shut some lights off for some of the guys. You know what I mean? He does have that power. And Chase is a young kid with a with a terrible defense. The defense has got off. Um, Walter Wade bout next. Michael Morales, Jake Matthews, Matthews twelve and six in the UFC. Went over Darius Flowers in the last fight. Uh, lost to Matthew Simmelsberger. Fight before that. He just seemed up and down, up and down. Michael Morales, 15-0. is 3-0 in the UFC. And, you know, I think he's got wins over bigger names than Matthews already. That's what I wrote down. Hopefully he does, because I'll look it up right now. Okay, so this isn't Grant Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> No, this, so yeah, this yeah, guy, he's got went over Max Griffin his last fight, Adam Fugit, okay. Trevin Giles. I don't, I don't see how Jake Matthews is going to be a problem for this guy. Well, he's a hell of a wrestler. <laughs> this uh, the only problem with that is Morales has got great defense. You know, he's he's long, he's fast. I I don't know. I think it's a stuffed takedown, and, and then it's Morales' fight. And, you know, this guy kind of came out of nowhere, 15-0 and 0 now, and we'll see how far up the chain he moves if he wins this fight. Yeah, this is a name for him, man. It's a co-main event, which I like. What yeah. is it, 6-1? It is wild. Six you would foot? think Hooper against Levitt would be a co-main event. Hell, I would take that for the main event, honestly. Just, just <laughs> so, fuck it, why not? Shit on it. I'm not mad. I've seen worse, worse main events. Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I'm with you. Brendan Allen versus Paul Craig. 
So, yeah, uh, Paul Craig after losing two in a row. Uh, now he's down a weight class uh, in the middleweight division. And, uh, well, you know, he, he moved down and then he dominated Andre Munez in the last fight. Uh, so, the uh, Munez, he had just been dominated by Allen in his previous fight. So, Munez come, lost to both of these in a row. But Craig, he's 35, man. You know, he's he's getting up there. Allen's 27. Allen has won seven of his last eight. He's won five in a row. Five knockouts, 13 submissions. These these guys kind of uh, fight alike. Uh, with Paul Craig, 15, uh, four knockouts, 15 submissions. Craig's been knocked out five times. Allen's been knocked out two times. They both have a submission loss. Well, this should be a very interesting fight. You know what I think it'll be? Boring. Paul, Paul Craig uh, loses. No, I think it'll be boring. I think these guys have very similar skills. So these assholes are going to end up negating all those skills and just standing. You know what I mean? And then just throwing shots. It might be interesting in that factor where we could see that. But the, every time that happens where they, they, you know, I don't know, they clash, right? And then they're forced to do a thing that they're neither one of them is. That, that's their strong suit. That's their main thing. And then it becomes sloppy and ugly, and 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 sometimes it can be a brawl, and sometimes it can be interesting. But I don't think these either one of these guys, maybe Brandon Allen, Brandon Allen, whatever the fuck, uh, might have it a little bit more than Paul Craig. But I think if it is a stand-up war, uh, Brandon's gonna have to pull that out of Paul, because I think he might instinctually keep trying to grapple, and it'd be a boring ass up against the fence. I'm gonna hold you until I can try to produce a takedown, and then you stand back up again, and repetitive. Wash, rinse, repeat, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, let's hope that's not the case that it's boring. I hope not. I hope not. But like you said, I think the age factor is going to play a major major factor (laughs) because uh, I think Brendan could tire him out if he wanted to, if he wanted to drag the fight on. But I think Brendan might also be a finisher. He might be wanting to try to get this finish. If either one of these guys are looking for a finish, we got to fight. But if if they just clash and everything clashes and it, and they don't get it, it could end up being boring as shit. Paul, Paul Craig's one of those guys. It's like he either has it or he don't. Right. I mean, he's either he's, on or he's off. He comes in there against Jimmy Crute, fucking loses. He's beaten Jamal Hill the first round. Nikita Krylov. I mean, there's. But then he loses to Johnny Walker. I I don't know what to make of this guy. I mean, this guy, yeah. he's got the ability. It's like sometimes they just don't put it all together. I guess he, he goes uh, he goes for the takedown. Uh, he's got hands, but you know obviously, you know he he tries to do wrestling, goes for the takedowns, not at all costs, but he does it a lot. And sometimes I you know I think he'd just be fine just to stand. I think uh, yeah, I think this is just a natural instinct for him because that's his, his foundation. He's gonna go there even if he is winning in the standup, which is kind of annoying. You're like, you could have just finished him standing. That guy was hurt. You connected with way too many clean shots. You you obviously got his timing down, all this stuff, and then he resorts to just what he knows. It's not going to make a good argument for you to fight for a belt, you know, to be able to sell a pay-per-view. But either one of these guys come in and finish each other in a, in a dramatic fashion. The middleweight division has to be on notice. They have to because the, the top five guys have been the same top five guys for four years now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's put Paul Craig and Brandon Allen right up there and get some, you know, Robert Whitaker versus either one of these guys. I'm, I'll be happy to see Apollo Costa versus either one of these guys. I'm good with that fucking Russian guy from the, who, what, what was he, 14, 15 and 0 or some shit? That guy dominated a few weeks ago. 
see him against these guys. Both these guys are top names, and that's kind of the issue with when it comes to these fights, when they are the top guys, top names, styles clash, or they're, they're very similar. You get a boring-ass fight. And these are the same fights where the people like you and I, if we if we were unrealistic, we would simply say this is going to be a banger. This is going to be a crazy fight. <laughs> these guys are going to go. And then you go and watch the fight. And you're like, Because that's what the commentators are going to do, right? Like, these guys, it's going to be a war, blah, blah, blah. And because you hype it up so much and you're expecting this, the fighters go in there and underperform. So it's better to just be realistic and be like, there is a chance these guys are too similar. They're going to end up doing the thing that they don't want to do. One of them is, for sure. And then they're just clinching. And you got a girl fight for five rounds. I'm on fire, dude. Anyways, uh, <laughs> show notes, guys. Check out the Great Job Awesome uh, channel on YouTube for the Dana White thing. If you haven't seen it already, Sam's brother better subscribe, dude. Um, but uh, yeah, what else, man? I think that's it. Show that's notes, it. subscribe. Uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Don't leave it to the judges pod. And uh, that dude with ears for all my shit. There you go.